Welcome to Heard at Heritage. Heard at Heritage features cutting-edge analysis and thought from leading experts in and across the conservative movement, as well as premier events and programming from the Heritage Foundation here in the heart of Washington, D.C., brought straight to you. Welcome to Heritage Events Live, the other border crisis, drugs. They're coming to your community. We're delighted to have you with us. Please welcome Laura Reese, Director of Heritage's Center for Technology Policy. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us at Heritage Policy Pulse. So a Policy Pulse is designed to be a shorter event, but to get right to the facts uh, so that policymakers know what they can do to make a difference. So let me introduce our panelists today. We have with us Mark Morgan, who is a visiting fellow with Heritage Foundation and the former acting CBP Commissioner, Customs and Border Protection. We also have with us Derek Maltz, who is a retired Drug Enforcement Administration Special Agent in Charge and Special Ops Division at the Justice Department. So let's start right in on the first question, and it's to you, Mark. So Americans understand the border crisis uh, by this administration as it relates to over 712,000 illegal aliens crossing the border just since January. But what should they know about drugs crossing the border? Well, I think it's important that, Laura, when we talk about the threats and the crisis that are facing our borders, it, it's, a, it's a very complex, multifaceted set of threats and crisis that we face. And they're not mutually exclusive from each other. They don't fit in a nice, clean box like, like some people try to uh, make them out to be. And I'll give you an example. As, as we see the unprecedented illegal immigration crisis going on, as you said, numbers that we haven't seen in 20 years, there is a direct cause and effect on the drugs flowing in from our southwest border. They're not mutually exclusive from each other. We can't separate them in those nice, clean little boxes. I'll give you an example. Look, every single day, about 40 to 50 percent of the Border Patrol resources are pulled off the front line to really deal with the humanitarian requirements of families and unaccompanied minors coming across. That leads, leaves large areas of the borders unsecured and unmonitored for what? Drugs to flow in. And look, you and I and, and most Americans, we may separate uh, the illegal immigration crisis from drugs, but guess who doesn't? The cartels, the smugglers. They see 10 pounds of meth just like they see 20 illegal aliens that they're smuggling across. What do they see? Money. And one um, empowers them to facilitate the other. So the, the more that they can uh, um, increase their ability to smuggle illegal aliens in, the, the more money they get and the stronger they are to facilitate their drug activity and come up with new innovative ways to pour drugs uh, across the United States. The other thing, too, that I, I think frustrates me is uh, the false narrative is out there, and I think it, it's done uh, by design to draw attention away from the illegal immigration crisis that we have and, and to downplay that our borders are not secure and our borders are not closed, is the fact that um, they'll try to convince everyone that the majority, th there's a phrase that goes something like this, well, the majority of drugs are seized at our legal ports of entry. That's where the problem is. If, if I could leave anybody with, with, with uh, um, a takeaway here is that statement is completely false. Um, they're really trying to distract from, from the totality of the problem. Again, it's not that simple. Look, each year, absolutely, there, there are drugs, uh, uh, um, overwhelming majority of drugs seized at our port of entry. But I think what's important is, is that the difference is we should be seizing a lot of drugs at our port of entry. That's where we have the authorities, the statutory authorities, to stop every person and every conveyance that's coming in the United States. 
when our borders are unsecure or the policies are such that in encouraging other crises or other threats, it, in, it, it uh, inhibits our ability to effectively do what we need to do in between the ports of entry. And let me give you just a, a couple of really quick stats to kind of drive that home. So in, in FY19, 514,000 pounds of drugs were, were seized at our ports of entry. At the same time, in between the ports of entry by border patrol, 294,000 pounds of drugs. And FY20, again, out of ports of entry, 533,000 pounds of drugs. Border patrol seized 295,000 pounds of drugs. FY20, it's on pace to meet that or exceed that. Now, if you go into the waterways and you talk about Aaron Marine of Customs and Border Protection, along with DOD, United States Coast Guard, and local law enforcement on our waterways, uh, th their numbers are uh, just as uh, um, um, unbelievable. And FY19, 348,000 pounds. FY20, 287 pounds. So far this year, 233,000 pounds of narcotics seized. Now, if you add what the Border Patrol and Aaron Marine has seized, it actually exceeds what is seized out of ports of entry. So I, I, again, the, the takeaway is, is that when our borders are unsecured, when, when our borders are not closed in between the ports of entry, drugs are absolutely pouring into our country. And that's just what's seized. And that, and, and that's, so that's a really good point, right? And I wish we had more time. That's just what's seized. And so when you, I guess the third element I would say, when you have policies and programs that are designed to address only one threat and put in that box, it makes you vulnerable across the board to other threats as it, uh, and drugs coming across. So that's another thing. We're not going to seize our way out of this, pro, uh, this problem, and we should not be overly focused on the amount of drugs we seize because we don't know actually what we're seizing. As we get more sophisticated, look, so do the cartels. Again, they take the, the profits they make from the human smuggling and apply it to their innovative techniques and in drug smuggling. Look, they're using uh, uh, watercraft to, to hit the waterways. They're digging sophisticated tunnels. They're using new, tech, new drone technology, ultraviolet aircraft. I could go on and on about the techniques they, can, uh, they use. And I can tell you right now, our borders are not secure, they're not closed, and drugs are pouring across the southwest border every single day. Derek, what countries should the U.S. be focusing on in terms of who is producing these drugs and bringing them into the U.S.? Okay, so Mexico is the biggest threat to the United States in regards to the drug trafficking, but they work very closely with China and Chinese organized criminal, criminal organizations. But obviously there's drugs being produced in Colombia, Bolivia, Peru, but a lot of the drugs in Bolivia and Peru are going to Europe and Africa and Middle East and around the world. The threat to this country is how the cartels have formed a lethal partnership with the Chinese organized criminals, and they're killing Americans at record levels. We have never seen the amount of death and destruction and families being destroyed as we see now. That's because fentanyl, it only takes, you know, two milligrams of fentanyl to kill an American citizen or anybody. One kilogram could kill 500,000 Americans. It's a chemical attack against our country. The story is being buried because of the politics on the border. You have the cartels also working with terrorist organizations like Hezbollah, right? One of the most technically capable terrorist organizations in the world. You have, uh, not only are they bringing in the drugs, but they're fueling all the violence and the crime going on in America, right? The shootings that you see all over the cities. It's because they're fighting over turf, right? You look at like the Texas border as an example, right? 800 percent increase in the fentanyl seizures. You look at the amount of deaths, right? There's like 4,000 deaths just in Texas already. So we have a situation that we've never seen before, and they're massive and they're sudden deaths. 
So families are waking up in this country every day. They're going up to the room of their child, and the 14-year-old, 17-year-old are dead in their bed at the keyboard because they're taking these counterfeit pills and they're taking other drugs that are mixed with fentanyl that are coming from either labs in China or now labs in Mexico. So the cartels are the biggest threats. They should be declared terrorist organizations, in my view. We need to go after them a lot more vigorously than we ever have. But we can't have a political situation that's going on. So let me just say this. What we don't talk about too much is the methamphetamine. Methamphetamine is exploding in America, okay? We are seizing record levels of meth like we've never seen, thousands of pounds. When I was a young agent, you seize a few pounds, it was a big case. Now it's thousands of pounds. But most importantly, what people don't realize is that the Chinese lab operations are booming. They're sending chemicals, the precursor chemicals, to make meth into the industrial-sized laboratories in Mexico. They're producing seven tons of meth every three days. The Sinaloa cartel, the cartel, Jalisco New Generation cartel. And so what's happening is we're getting bombarded by the mass amounts of drugs. And then they're putting fentanyl in the methamphetamine. So it's killing Americans that way as well. So we have, like I said, a crisis like we've never seen. We don't want to make it political because it's killing whites, blacks, Hispanics, Chinese, you know, people of all walks of life. And so the American public should start being outraged on that nobody seems to be talking about this. So thank you to the Heritage Foundation for bringing this topic uh, to the front for the public to hear about. In regards to heroin, as an example, Mexico is the top threat. We don't see the volumes of heroin that we used to see, but it's pure white heroin, just like it's pure white meth. For the seventh year in a row, the DEA has determined through their signature program that the heroin that's coming all over America is coming from Mexico, right? The cartels are dominating that. They've invaded our cities. They've, they've branched out their distribution and transportation all over America. It's not just the major cities anymore. They have hubs in Chicago, New York, Houston, uh, New England, Miami, Atlanta, right? Houston, Texas, Dallas, and then they push it out everywhere. They collect all the money. But let me make one more point on this. This is what's missing in the analysis that people are not paying attention to. You know who's providing the money laundering services now for the cartels? China. Chinese nationals operating throughout America. They have command and control in Mexico City. They schedule the pickups for the, for the money all over America. They're moving the cash on their encrypted apps. They have like WeChat, WeChat Pay, and other banking apps, and they're moving money to China without even putting the cash in the U.S. financial institution, which is making it much harder for law enforcement to track the money around the world. But again, it's this lethal partnership between Chinese organized crime and the Mexican cartels. By far, that's the biggest threat, and not just the drug threat. It's a national security threat. It's emerging from a public health crisis to a national security threat, and the public has to start waking up and start demanding accountability from the leaders and the politicians. We have so many threats from China, and just <clears throat> not enough heard about this one regarding drugs. Um, Mark, so Vice President Harris traveled to Guatemala and Mexico this week to talk about the root causes of illegal immigration. Are these drugs a root cause of illegal immigration, and 
what, if anything, is the Biden administration doing about fighting these, this drug scourge? Yeah, I, I think, uh, as I started, they're, they're intertwined. And, and before I address that, I, I do want to piggyback on something that Derek said. Again, it shows the level of sophistication of the cartels. Uh, there was a, a time in the United States that uh, China, the, the largest threat coming over was through our express uh, our international mail and express consignment. Fentanyl was actually coming in pill form uh, to the country. Uh, we, we got together uh, across the board of USG, and we really, uh, I would say, curtailed that to a large degree and made incredible strides. But then what happened, because the cartels are so sophisticated and they can change their tactics, is what they started doing, as Derek mentioned, was they just started getting precursor chemicals from China delivered right to Mexico. And then Mexico were hiring their own chemists and designing their own synthetic drugs, and it's all coming from Mexico. It is coming across the southwest border. That's why I always say every town, city, and state in this country is a is a border town, city, and state. The drugs are coming across the southwest border. The majority of them are coming from Mexico. And I always say, hey, if you have a meth overdose, pick a town, Ohio, pick any city. Uh, that, that drug has a connection to the southwest border. But as far as the vice president's trip, look, I, I see it was all, all symbolic. But yeah, they're, they're absolutely intertwined. Um, you, you, you can't look at what the cartels, again, the cartels are looking at anything to make a profit. And one criminal scheme strengthens their ability to do another. Derek and I were just talking a few minutes before. You know, as I mentioned, you know, 40 percent of the, of the border patrol resources are pulled off the line doing their national security mission, inhibiting their ability to, to seize more drugs. But yet, when it comes to fentanyl, the border patrol seizures uh, of fentanyl are actually going up. Same thing in meth. Well, why is that? Well, right now, because the cartels use this as a great opportunity to exploit the vulnerabilities, and they're just absolutely doing kind of a blitz of drugs coming across. And then, as, as you get more illegal aliens that are coming across, right, again, it's by design, is then they force a lot of the uh, immigrants trying to illegal entry, they force them to actually carry drugs across as part of their payment to enter the country illegally. So they're all intertwined. But here's where I have no confidence uh, that this administration is actually going to do what they need to do. Look, they know the inhumanity when it comes to illegal immigration. They know. I mean, how many more scenes do we need to see of, of a, of a five-year-old wandering in the middle of a desert because the cartels have dropped them off? How many more images do we need to see or hear about a sheriff on the border talk about finding a pregnant Haitian woman that, that died after she succumbed to her injuries trying to uh, cross the Rio Grande River? I could go on and on. The inhumanity of the cartels exploiting uh, individuals is looking for a better life. They know about the inhumanity of drugs. They know that 60, 70,000 Americans die every single year because of drug overdoses. They know that. They know the majority of drugs are coming from, uh, originating from the cartels in Mexico, but yet they're doing nothing uh, in, this, in this country as far as policies to secure our borders and to stop these uh, cartels uh, from, from just really becoming more enriched every single day uh, with the criminal activity they're doing. So I, I don't have any faith, and that's why I've been saying for a long time, it's, it's states really are the last line of defense. States need to step up and do more. I think 2022 matters. Uh, I think what uh, you know, A.G. Paxson in Texas is doing, I think what Governor Abbott is talking about just this week in Del Rio, is what we need states to do more of. So Derek, the war on drugs seems kind of like the war on poverty. Can it ever be won? And, and what can Americans do to beat back the, this drug issue now? Well, first of all, there's not a war on drugs. That's a political slogan that came up back in the 70s. Nancy Reagan, Ronald Reagan, God bless them. I mean, obviously, they were trying to educate the kids of America about the dangers of drugs, right? And, you know, like, you remember the days with, like, your brain on crack, right? 
And so it was kind of a really important message, but it's evolved so much, right? The cartels just are like a giant transnational criminal organization. Like Mark said, they're making billions of dollars and it's all about the profit, right? And they, you know, they started out with brown heroin and black tar heroin, but then they advanced to the white heroin. Then they went to the crystal uh, pure meth, right? Now they're on to the fentanyl. So they're in the business to make money, right? So in regards to this, this slogan, this political slogan, that's not how DEA agents, so that's not how law enforcement feels. Law enforcement is paid to keep Americans safe. They go out every day to enforce the laws of the country, right? In the DEA, Controlled Substance Act is, you know, what we're paid to do, and that's what they do. And so the bottom line is we're saving lives every day. Like I said, one kilogram could kill 500,000 people. Think about that. One, two, one kilogram is 2.2 pounds. It's not a lot of powder, right? So right now, it's very misleading when people refer to this war on drugs has been a failure. No, it hasn't been a failure. You, we can't measure how many lives have been saved when Border Patrol sees 1,000, this year alone, 7,450 pounds of fentanyl. Do the math. Times that by the amount of, you know, two grains, right? And, and you can see how many lives have been saved. You look at the DEA, for an example, in Phoenix, last year, six million Mexican oxy pills seized by the DEA Phoenix alone. Those pills can kill instantly and are killing instantly. So in the DEA lab, they did an analysis on pills that were seized. 26% of the pills that they analyzed contain a lethal dose of fentanyl. That means with no exaggeration, no embellishment, the DEA in Phoenix alone saved 1.5 million Americans. That's the way you have to look at it. But here's the thing. They have evolved into much bigger than drug traffickers. The cartels are not drug traffickers, like Mark said. This human smuggling business, I don't know the exact amount of revenue, but they can get like 3,000 to 15, 20,000 a person bringing them in from China, from Russia. There's 120 or 160, Mark, how many, how many countries now? It's not just the Northern Triangle countries, that's another thing that's misleading. It's countries from around the world. We don't know who's in this country. Like as an example, the Godaways, and Mark's the expert, he taught me about this. But the reality is, is there's over 50,000 just this month that are getting into the country. Who are they? Where did they come from? What's their motives? Who sent them? What are they gonna do when they're here? We don't even know where they are. So this is really not like a war on drugs. This is, a, this is basically, Law enforcement fighting the lives, fighting for our lives here and trying to save American citizens from dying at levels that we've never seen. It's a national security crisis. It's not a war on drugs. And it's all commingled. Mark alluded to that. It's these transnational criminal groups that are working with terrorist organizations and they're invading our country. They're in our cities everywhere. And our parents are waking up and seeing their kids dead. That's the bottom line. And, and if I could think about this, it's not that overly complicated. And I think this is where, you know, Derek and I and others get frustrated. And you hear Tom Holman, another great patriot, that we dedicated our entire adult lives, 35 years I've served under six administrations, Republican and Democrat. And right now I think I'm so frustrated uh, because of the just blatant misdirection and lies being spun by this administration. Look, as Derek did explain, I, I did 20 years in the FBI too. So I, I worked drugs. And to some extent, even though we're getting better, we're uh, every single day of being intelligence driven, that's driving operation to some degree we're still reactive and I say that in a sense is that look if we know if you if you know that every single day uh, if you leave your front door open 
that someone is, is going to walk into your house and steal something from your house every single day that you leave your, door, your front door open. Wouldn't you, common sense, tell you, hey, maybe I need to start shutting my front door to stop people coming in from, into my house every single day robbing me? Well, that's the way I look at the southwest border. We know that our border is not secure. We know that our border is not closed. We know that Me the Mexican cartels are the overwhelming majority of the problem. We know the majority of drugs coming into this country, killing tens of thousands of American citizens every single day, are pouring in from our southwest border. So why would we not do everything in our country's arsenal of opportunities, both substantively like building the wall and policies to secure our borders, to stop the drugs from pouring in, to give law enforcement in this country, DEA, FBI, and other agencies a better chance to actually you know, address the problem? I just don't understand it, Laura, right now. Look, this administration knows that as long as our borders remain open, drugs are going to continue to pour across our border driven by the cartels in Mexico. Plain and simple, it's not any complicated than that. I don't understand why the entire country cannot get united behind the fact it's important that we need to secure our borders to address the drug problem. So, Derek, rather than be on a defensive posture of seizure by seizure, what at a macro level can this country do? What should the government be doing? Well, there's a lot the government can be doing, and that is tell the truth, first of all, right? The public has to realize this is not about overprescribing. The doctor 15 years ago gives a kid uh, 30 oxy pills for root canal, right? And the kid gets addicted and then starts taking pills and ultimately snorts heroin and dies. This is different. This is something we've never seen. One pill kills, right? And so we're not telling the public. They don't understand this, right? So you have to also have accountability on the U.S. government leadership. If you say that Sinaloa cartel is a major threat to the country, how is it that the law enforcement agencies don't always come together and work together with the common, uh, you know, focused goal on destroying the cartels? We also have to get the brave men and women that are seizing the loads on the border, working with all the law enforcement in the country, the international law enforcement, most importantly, the intelligence community and Department of Defense. This is something we've never seen before. If we had 10 pounds of chemical weapons sitting in Mexico, don't you think the U.S. government would unite and go after those 10 pounds of chemical weapons? But we have thousands of pounds of chemical weapons that are sitting in these cartel labs. We know where the labs are. Why are we not using the best and brightest in the U.S. to destroy the labs? If we can't rely on Mexico and these other countries, we have to take it on ourselves, working with everyone we can, but we have to stand up for the people of America. And so right now, like if you look at as an example, just to put it in perspective, a 9-11, 3,000 dead. Iraq and Afghan war, about 7,000 dead, right? In Vietnam war, 60,000, roughly. That's 70,000 people died in these tragedies. Last year alone, the CT CDC is reporting 90,237 at the end of a 12-month period, September of 2020. So what is so complicated? Mark said it perfectly, and that's why I'm a little passionate now because we get very passionate about this because we care. But here's the thing. This is not complicated. Why are we making it so complicated? Put the politics on the side. Look at what's happening in the morgues. Ohio put out reports. The first six months of 2020, 85% of the deaths were fentanyl-related. So this is not complicated. It's coming over the border. So we have to do more, and we have to educate the public, the kids, the families, right, the teachers, the corporations. We have to go on a campaign that everybody understands, like it could be anybody's kid. 
It's not about this, the kid's a bad kid, the parents didn't do the right thing. It's about the kids, the kids don't know. They think, oh, mommy takes Oxycontin, I'm going to try one of those. I got to study at school, I need, a, I need a Xanax to calm down, this COVID madness, right? And then they die. And everyone says, how did that happen? So anyway, there's a lot that can be done, but it starts with basic stuff. Unity of effort, best and brightest. We have some amazing Americans that are dedicated public servants that really work hard. We just have to get better interagency collaboration and better with the government and with our church leaders, our community leaders, and do this together because we got to wave the flag, not the and, Republican and Democratic and flag. Could, so everything Derek just said, I completely agree. What, what, what I would want to foot stomp on that is, not, you know, look, absolutely, uh, getting better being intelligence-driven unity effort of the USG entities, including DOD on the uh, U.S. side, but it's also taking it to Mexico. Right? There's also a political element to this. Look, one of the issues under the Trump administration on the illegal immigration side that we made such great strides is that he took the Mexican government as well as the Northern Triangle countries to task. Right? He actually got them together for the first time substantively at the table that really resulted in substantive policies, whether it's the Remain in Mexico uh, program that ended catch and release. Uh, that, that resulted in three, 400,000 less illegal immigrants risking their lives in the hands of cartels to try to illegally in this border. The asylum cooperative agreements with the Northern Triangle countries, I could go on and on. The same thing has to happen with the cartels. We have to take it to Mexico. We have to force and drive Mexico once and for all to step up because, and I agree, the war on drugs is a political statement, but look, what we've been doing decade after decade after decade, where are we at? Where are we at? We're, 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 we're worse now than we were three decades ago. The cartels are stronger, more strong than they were three decades. They're more powerful. They're more enriched. They're more sophisticated than the, uh, now than they were three decades. So what I would say, respectfully, common sense is, we got to do something different. And I think one of the things differently, besides our unity effort here on the U.S. side, is there has to be a political side to this where we have to take Mexico, we have to hold their feet to the fire, we have to get regions involved in this, because it's not just the United States that's impacted by this as well. And the politicians have to stop worrying about the politics of Mexico right. and Northern Triangle and worry about the families that are burying their loved ones. Amen. What can individuals do? If we can't appeal to this administration about the, the tragedy from the open border with respect to the illegal immigrants and the unaccompanied alien children who are coming here, I have to believe we could appeal to them on the known Americans who are going to die from these drugs. What can individual Americans do to get the attention of this administration? So, uh, real quick, and I think you have a lot to add to this, Derek, is, is I think I'm a little pessimistic right now, Laura. I think the answer is I don't think we can do anything uh, to appeal to this administration. As, as I mentioned before, look, on the illegal immigration, they know. They've seen the images. They know the inhumanity that's happening every single day as a result of their open border policies. How many more pregnant Haitian women do we have to find dead that the reason why they gave their life up was to come to the country because now under this administration they know if they illegally entered they were going to be allowed in the country never to be heard from again. We've seen those images. We see the inhumanity. Derek talks about more people have died last year because of narcotic overdoses than the three wars that he talked about. This administration knows this. Every single person in this country knows this, but yet they're not taking specific actions, and I believe because they're putting power and politics over what is in the best interest of our nation's security. So I don't have hope that this administration is going to do anything. That's why I say 
one, 2022 matters, two, right now matters. Get to your state legislators. I know a lot of people roll their eyes, but, but keep that going. And also get to your uh, um, 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 uh, attorney generals. Get to, to your governors. I tell you, in Texas, it's working. A.G. Paxson has led the way. He, he started suing the, uh, President uh, Biden's administration uh, days after he took over on his unconstitutional policies, and he's winning. He's continuing. Governor Abbott, again, just this week in Del Rio, mentioned how he's going to look it in to start trying to build the wall, what else the state can do uh, to, to, to effectively uh, secure our borders. So, so you can get involved. Reach out to your AGs. Reach out to your governors. You can do that today. Catherine, if you could put the photos up on the screen, please. So, Derek, talk to us about the photos that the audience is seeing on the screen. No parent wants their child's photo added to this collage. Uh, what can Americans do to so, stop this? Every day, this is what motivates me, along with my own family. I have kids, and, you know, I, I met uh, Lisa Dean from Connecticut. Her son, Joe Dean, is in the middle and the bottom. He died, 23-year-old, from Connecticut. She had to start a nonprofit, put up billboards, raise money. And, of course, Virginia Krieger, you can see the beautiful girl in the, in the middle there. Tiffany, uh, she died of fentanyl uh, overdose, and her family and her mother, Virginia, you can see the quote. Uh, so Americans have to unite. Okay, we have to throw out the politics because it's not political. We have to educate the kids because it's the kids that we can save. Right now, uh, China and Mexico, the organized criminals, are destroying our future generation, right? So we have to get to these kids. So how do you get to the kids? We utilize the White House uh, drug czar and we utilize our hiders that are out there in America. We educate the schools. We do like DARE type programs, mandatory programs. We show them the dangers of these drugs, what's causing the problems. We get with the community leaders, we get with the educators, we get with the church organizations. We also do things like they did in New Hampshire, which was awesome. Mark Wahlberg and Wahlberg Productions set up an event in New Hampshire. My buddy from the DEA got out there and they did a big event, 8,000 kids, and they made it fun for the kids, but they empowered the kids. So the kids understood that drugs will kill you. You will not have a future, right? And so we have to do more of that, but in that case, and I'm not waving the uh, Attorney General Sessions flag, but DOJ went up there, Attorney General Sessions participated and supported the event, but now what's happening, and this is where I get really upset, this Department of Justice is putting gag orders on our law enforcement agencies talking about the crisis because they don't want to tie it to the border. That's where I have a major problem. That's the difference. Sessions, he went up there, he supported the DEA, he supported the Wahlberg Foundation. This Department of Justice is telling DEA, no national news stories to go on and tell the public what's going on. That's why I'm making these collages and I'm putting all of these kids and I'm pushing it out all over trying to get people to understand this is not about any, you know, political background. This is about our future. So let's, let's rise up together and I'm trying to unite all these Facebook groups or these families because they're all trying to do their own thing. They're desperately trying to get the support from the leadership and the politicians. And Mark is right. Get to the local politicians, get to the federal politicians, and make sure they understand that you're not happy. There's got to be accountability. And if the government leaders aren't doing the job, get them out, because we have to see results. We can't continue to go like with the deaths like this. It's unacceptable, and people should be outraged. Where can people go uh, if they want to volunteer or help with this cause? Well, they can certainly grow, uh, join all the awareness groups, just like they had Mark and I were talking before, the angel moms, like with the Border Patrol, like the poor kids on the way home from school and some drunken uh, illegal migrant smashes into the kid and he's dead. 
So the angel moms formed a coalition, but then it kind of phased away because people didn't care. Now you have these fentanyl moms, right? The, the, the kids are being murdered, right? So we got to change the actual, like, the, the, what we're talking about. It's not a war on drugs. It's kids being murdered by the Mexican cartels. It's that simple. And so we have to have people, you know, going to the media, going to the Facebook groups like Lost Voices of Fentanyl, Fentanyl Coalition. Can you see me now? Do you see us now? The Drug Epidemic Awareness Walk, Fentanyl. We're doing a rally August 27th in front of the Chinese embassy so the world will understand that we understand that those chemicals coming from China are killing our kids at record levels. So we have to put some more pressure. Mark couldn't have said it better. We have to go right at these cartels in Mexico. We have to get with these Mexican leaders and, and get them on board. And if they're not on board, we have to re-strategize. We can't keep giving them billions of dollars because you know why? The leaders in these countries are corrupt. Jimmy Hernandez is the brother of the, the president of Honduras. He's in jail in New York because he was involved with 185 tons of cocaine, okay? And the brother was getting campaign contributions from Chapa Guzman and the Sinaloa cartel. So we got to be realistic. We can't dump taxpayers' money and expect this is going to go away. Great point. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today and thank our two great panelists. They give some very powerful messages and, and information. And we implore you to act. Write to your members of Congress. Write the Attorney General, the White House. Write your state legislatures. Join a Facebook group. Do all you can to try to implore this administration and other leaders to secure the border, prevent this poison from crossing the border, coming to all our communities, and killing Americans. And let's save some lives. Thank you. <laughs>